nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Afternoon and welcome to a uh, joint venture with uh, SA Soccer Roundtable and the Fifty Fifty Podcast, uh, which is done by uh, Coach uh, Hector uh, Cano. How are you doing this evening from El Paso, there, Coach? Um, doing great, guys. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure, and uh, excited to talk some more uh, Texas high school soccer. Yes, we are going to be doing that. Also joining us from the Striker, Texas, and uh, if you can subscribe, please do because it's a Awesome publication, but from down in the valley, uh, Mr. Nate Mata. How are you doing this evening, sir? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. Um, I'm living here in uh, Mission, Texas, so I'm kind of in uh, upper Rio Grande Valley in Hidalgo County. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be here and talk about uh, high school soccer. It's been something that uh, I've enjoyed since I got to cover it a few years back at a newspaper, and I'm glad to be able to uh, uh, you know, contribute to soccer again uh, with the striker. And then uh, we got the resident, uh, all everything here uh, at the SA Soccer Roundtable. Rafa, how are you, man? Uh, You've been pulling some double shifts with uh, being on uh, the 50-50 podcast and ours, uh, you know, doing it here. So I'm sure your boss is wondering what you're doing during the day, but uh, how are you doing this evening? (laughs) Good. Well, someone's got to do it. That's why I'm all all elite. You know, I can do both. So, Um, so, yeah. Great day! I'm really, really looking forward for for tonight. You know, some great matchups, some good scenarios, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to chime in on some opinions on, on some of the picks we make. But that's what that's what that's what the fun part about this. That that is what the fun part about. So we'll we'll start with you, Nate, here, just to kind of see your thoughts uh, on the playoffs uh, so far, um, especially down in the valley. Uh, for that here, just kind of your thoughts. You know. Up till this point, uh, any surprises? Any uh, any standout teams or players that that uh, that you've been able to catch uh, from down in the valley? Yeah, I think um, you know early in the playoffs, in the first couple of rounds, um, you, you expect some of those strong teams to to pull out and and be strong. And uh, now, when we get to this round of the playoffs, I'm not too surprised with who's still standing uh, in Valley View and in Brownsville Porter in Hidalgo. Um, uh, during the first few rounds, it, it was a lot of fun, though. You know, you, you see some of the, you know, perennial powerhouses from the Valley kind of flex their muscle. But once you start to get to the third, the fourth, and beyond, that's when the teams that are really, like, state hopefuls and, and, and state qualifiers um, kind of put themselves above. And I think Valley View has done that. I think Porter has definitely done that. Um, these are programs that have gone to the state um you know turning before and uh teams that have won state championships so um not too surprised to see valley view there not too surprised to see porter um but it has been exciting to see them get there i think valley view had a very very tough uh third round game that i had a chance to see and and it looked like they might not have pulled it out 
Um, but but in their in their game um, uh, last round uh, against San Antonio Southwest, you know they really did uh, show you know some of that uh, that offensive power that they they could bring. So um, no, it's been it's been um, some surprises early, but um, as of late, you know you expect to see teams like that where they are. Rafa, your, any any surprises from you so far um, since the last time we spoke a couple of weeks ago? Uh, before we break into the, you know, you know who's still in. Yeah, there's some surprises out in far west Texas, uh, especially East Lake, um, which we'll get into the details for that. Um, some 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 surprises in 4A for here in our region, especially the girls side. You know, one of the favorites got knocked out last night and um, mm-hmm. by by an own goal too. So <laughs> how unfortunate for that. And in overtime, and then there was also some surprises in the Houston area, and also from the Dallas area. So, like I said, like I mentioned, there's going to be some interesting matchups. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what you know what's coming up this this coming weekend. So, and just to kind of give an idea of what's going to happen here next, here uh, April yeah, April 9th and 10th, the regional finals uh, will take place. Uh, followed quickly by the state semis, uh, 12 and 13, you know, the 12th and 13th. And then the state finals, uh, will be April 16th and 17th, uh, for that here. So can you go, uh, Rafa, you know, can you tell us a little bit how different of, you know, this regional finals and then more important what the state semis and finals are, you know, kind of the, the huge difference this year compared to, you know, historically with the UIL uh, playoffs? Well, this year now you have to do, you know, you're doing your frequent flyer miles now. Well, all the bus miles now. Uh, normally, we'll have regional tournaments. I know for Region Four, usually six days at Blossom or at the Sports Park in Bronzeville. Um, four A's in McAllen. The five A's usually in Corpus. So usually you play like a Friday night, and then you t- turn around play Saturday afternoon, and then you have your regional you know, regional finalists, you know, going into the state tournament. Um, that's not happening this year. It's a little bit different. Like I said, uh, we're noticing to see who's really been, like I said, those road warrior teams that have to make a quick turnaround, especially from a weekend game to an early week game. You know, the, prepare, the preparation time is not, you know, it's not enough like normally where you normally have a normal playoff run like the last few years. So, and then the same thing next week. Um, I've seen some scenarios that, you know, we could have a an El Paso team play a team from Houston for a state semifinal game on a Tuesday. You know, that's going to be interesting where they're going to play at, you know, so which, which I'll get into the details. You know, normally you'll have a state tournament. You play either Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday you have some finals, and then Saturday you have the finals for the state tournament. So it, it's a unique year, but you're starting to see which teams are, you know, are, you know, making that a – I guess you know, as you can say, separating themselves from from the other teams, and like we're knowing who's who the elite teams are who are not. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to jump in there. Um, I had the chance to couple, cover a couple of, of state tournaments uh, a couple years back, and also the regional tournament uh, at Blossom up in San Antonio. So yeah, this year has been completely, completely different for these kids, for these coaches, uh, even you know for the fans. Um, yeah, to to not really have those same familiar. 
um, you know, travel trips like uh, Valley Views travel has actually been pretty light. Um, Porter just had to go up to Corpus, but then you're coming back down to the Valley for your regional uh, tournament. You know, it's it's a little funky. Um, like you said, region um, region four, you know, it's all down here, but the class four A uh, finals usually in McAllen. Um, that that venue won't be, you know, seeing a tournament and, and seeing just the, the atmosphere around the games. But I feel like these teams and these coaches still have that intensity and still have that want to win. You know, it doesn't matter where you're playing. Um, you know, you still want a state ring. You still want to get to the next level. It's just kind of the the environments have been different and where they're playing has been different. Um so, yeah, I can't imagine what it's going to be like to play like a state semi on a Tuesday. You know, like you said, not up in Georgetown, not uh, already around that atmosphere. But um, I think it will be even sweeter for those teams that do make it all the way to the to the state final and and, and get to play on that, that, that ground again. But, yeah, it's been a little weird to not see these teams travel to the same places that they usually do. And the state finals is going to be in Georgetown, right? Like like normal here. So the, the semis and, and the regional finals, you know, will be local, local schools or, or – you know, uh, you know, um, midway areas, you know, depending on if you're coming from Houston to El Paso or along those lines here. Uh, welcome back, Coach. Uh, what I was asking uh, earlier here was just kind of looking back because we spoke with you a couple of weeks ago, um, kind of looking back on the past two weeks. Was, was there any teams that kind of surprised you, any players that kind of stood out um, before we get into the, you know, the, the, the elite eight of, of, of each of the, each of the brackets here, you know, just looking back at the last couple of weeks here. Yeah. I think that, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, when you, you know, we've taught, especially Rafa and I, we've been diving into it now for several weeks and it's, it's kind of been, you know, there's been some dark horses, dark horses, you know, you talk about, what was it? Uh, Cal Allen, you know, kind of, uh, surprising Bernie, uh, and then you also uh, talk about, um, I think the, the big surprise out of here, out of uh, this region, re, uh, far west Texas, is kind of take your pick. I think Eastlake, um, you know, here they're not really surprises out in this area. You know, Eastlake making, making a regional final in their first year as 6A. And then you also have uh, 5A, El Paso del Valle, who clearly has the pedigree. Uh, there was recently a, a, a stat that was put out by Felix Chavez, who works here for uh, the El Paso Times, uh, put out a stat. I think this is their 12th regional final that El Paso Del Valle is about to play in this Friday, uh, all under the same coach, under legendary coach Bruce Reichman out here. Uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, no, there's been some kind of surprises. I, I think we've seen the bulk, I think, of our kind of eye-opening shockers at this point. And now it's just, as we've all said before, really once you get into the area round or beyond, uh, and beyond, I should say, there isn't really, there are no bad teams, right? It's just, you have some teams that are just their, you know, their body of work during the season um, it was kind of maybe not as uh, kind of, didn't, didn't have the wow factor, right? And then, and then, so maybe they finished, you know, maybe they were runner up third or, or in that fourth place position. But then, as we've always clearly discussed in every episode, it, it inevitably never fails to come up is not all districts are the same. Uh, you significantly you definitely have some districts that are significantly stronger than the others. So. So, yeah, I think that's kind of it's kind of been where I think where we're at. And uh, sorry, sorry, I got kicked out there. My uh, uh, desktop decided to want to do a uh, <laughs> manual restart right as we started. So my apologies. 
Oh, you're fine. That's you know, it's the, the joy of uh, podcasting, right? Right. Right. So let's uh, get into the brackets. We're going to start out with the four A four A girls. Uh, region one uh, will be uh, Midlothian, who had a two one win over Stephenville, and Argyle had a five zero win over uh, San Ellie. And then on the other side, Henderson, 3-2 over uh, Melissa. And then uh, uh, Selena uh, had a 7-0 win over uh, Bullard. Um, for Selena, that's their closest uh, closest uh, score uh, so far in the playoffs because before it had been, you know, double digits uh, for that here. So uh, They're slipping. They're slipping. You know, seven zero. That you know, that's that, that's disappointing. But so, so if my math, I was told there wouldn't uh, be any math when I took this job. But if my math is correct, that's does that put them at fifty goals in the in the state yeah, tournament? They had seventy three in the first three, and then seven yeah. zero uh, would be fifty in the first four. Wow. And what's more impressive is they haven't allowed a goal yet. Um, yeah. However, they, they did lose twice in the season because I did look up, you know, because I was seeing the scores as I was doing the brackets. Um, the only team that's beat them and beat them twice was Melissa, uh, who ended up, you know, losing to Henderson. So who was the district champ in that same district, correct? Uh, Melissa was the, uh, uh, was the champ and Selena, I think was runner up on that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. for, uh, what district was that? So why you look at 11? While you're looking, I was going to say while you're looking that up, Harry. One one reattack that I wanted to do to the question you asked earlier, as far uh-huh. as surprises, um, it jogs my memory right there when I saw Henderson. But uh, Pflugerville Hendrickson, five uh, A boys, they're uh, the fact that they're in a regional final and they're uh, having their most successful season in program history. That's kind of, so kudos to them. I kind of want to just throw that shout out out there. Um, any thoughts, Rafa, on? On the top half of the four of A uh, ladies here, well, the Melothian win was that's a big win for them because they knocked off the defending state champs. So that's some great. That's going to be some great momentum going in. It's going to be a, it's going to be a really good game versus Argyle. I, I think you know that, that's going to be a coin flip, uh, but Argyle's playing really great. Uh, so I'm going to give the edge to Argyle on that game. I think they'll they'll pull it off. On the flip side with Region Two. Um, that's surprising. The Melissa got knocked out by by Henderson, but Selena Selena's uh, well, Selena's per, uh, peaking at the right time. Um, I don't know. We'll get another seven zero, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give the edge to, to Selena on this one, and they're gonna go to the state tournament. And on the bottom half here, uh, we have Bay City uh, that got past uh, Lake Belton. Uh, three to two, and Slato got past uh, Harden Jefferson for their hair. On the other side, Wembley uh, got a pretty convincing win, 5 0 over uh, London. And then uh, it was a Cal Allen uh, got past Bernie, which I think was an upset on our side. You know, you know, and speaking with Rafa here, we, we kind of thought that Rafa was going to, or that. Uh, Bernie was going to sneak through uh, through that. You, know, you did mention it was going to be a close game, but uh, uh, your thoughts on the bottom half of the bracket? Well, Bay City, like I said, they they survived the game. Uh, Lake Belton gave everything they got until the final moments, and Bay City snuck snuck one out six went into the regional final. 
Salado's doing what they're, they're supposed to be doing. Just a good, good, solid win. But I'm going to give the edge to the Lady Black Cats from Bay City. I think they're going to go through. Um, they're beating some quality teams. Uh, the other side of the shocker was Bernie losing to Cal, and, and that was on a on an own goal in overtime, which was brutal to lose that game. Yeah. Um, so I'm Callen, like I said, sneaks in, and I I, I think Wimber I think Wimberley's going to take this. I think Wimberley still plays in a little tougher district, so I'm sure Wimberley's happy that Callen knocked them off. Um, so I'm going to go with Wimberley winning the Region Four title for four A girls. So Need question I, question I had for you there, Rafa. Sorry, was how how do you think Wimberley handles this? kind of going into this fully expecting that they were probably going to be facing Bernie, you know, no disrespect to Cal Allen, but now that Cal Allen's in there, now they have to probably go a totally different way about preparing. Right. What, mm -hmm. what do you think? Do you think that really plays a factor? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were circling that date against, against Bernie and, and then they got thrown a curveball. I'm sure they're not going to go in to take Cal. I mean, for Callen to, to knock off Bernie, they're not going to take him lightly. So I'm sure they'll be prepared to for this game. And I, I don't know where this game is going to be played at. I'm sure it's going to be somewhere halfway. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be in Beville or in San Antonio. But like I said, I, I'm going to give the, like I said, the edge to, to Wimberley because they do have the tougher district than the one that Callen is. But, you know, don't sell Callen short. I mean, they can pull off one upset. They can do another one. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give the edge. To Wimberley to win the regional final. Need any thoughts on on the region four? You know, you know, with uh, Cal Allen or you know any any of the teams uh, in region four or probably with the four A ladies here at this point. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, I I, I usually think of Cal Allen as uh, as a school that was in five A. So maybe them dropping down a couple years ago um, does help them. But yeah, I know that um, Wimberley's uh, a familiar name that is. We'd always see them down here in the valley at the at the four A girls uh, regional tournament. So yeah, no, I kind of agree agree there. Um, but no, I, I think uh, I think you guys hit it hit hit it pretty good. Moving to the uh, four. Oh, hold on, we got to do the next round. That here. Uh, that Wimberley Kell Allen uh, matchup is scheduled for Friday seven p.m. in Floresville. Does that favor anybody? Maybe Wimberley is a little bit closer for a little closer drive, you know, and then they'll probably stay away playing in Corpus with all that wind. I think, I think that's mm -hmm. been a big factor playing in Corpus. Yeah. And some yeah. of the games we've seen a live stream, you know, it's, it's made a difference on some teams winning and losing. So then if we, you know, for the, this level, the state semis, you'd have Wimberley versus, uh, uh, Selena, uh, who are you picking on that one there between, was that two and four? Uh, if yeah, I did one right and two. Oh, one no. and two. One and three uh, play, and then uh, two and four play okay. on the brackets. So you'd have Wimberley versus Selena. That's going to be a tough one. And uh, that probably game, that game would probably be played probably more likely either in like in Temple or Killeen. Actually, I stand corrected. Actually, I stand corrected. Um, it is going to be you know looking at the bracket here. It, it would actually be 
Yeah, so it's the top half versus the so yeah. one and one and two play, and then three and four, uh, three and four play. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think our, between Argyle and, Sol, and Sol, Salina, that'll be. I think this. That's, I think the Cinderella story ends there. I think Argyle is going to get to the, get to the state final. So okay, so that would be Argyle. I think they're they're, they're the more they're the more established program that's in the Salina. And then down here at the bottom, the uh, Bay City or Wimberley. This could be a toss up here, but I'm gonna give Wimberley the edge. I, I think I think like I said, district wise, a little bit a little more stacked. So I think Wimberley's gonna get there. So that means you would have a Argyle versus Wimberley final. Uh, who would you give the edge to? Uh, I'm gonna give Argyle. I think they're gonna they're gonna take oh, it. The title. All right, here. So, and I'm pretty, sorry about the sorry about the confusion there. Uh, all in on Argyle, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any objections to Argyle or? <laughs> no, no. I'm just kind of. Um, yeah, th this is an interesting one as far as how it might play out, um, especially with Bernie, you know, Bernie being out. That's uh, just a lot of adjustments. But, yeah, I, I think if it comes down to that state semifinal where uh, with uh, Argyle versus Salina, that might be that might be some serious fireworks in that uh, <laughs> in that game, in that match. Yeah. Well, I yeah, think so we saw a uh, what was the, the softball score? Uh, from, I think you said it was a team from El Paso. <laughs> Yeah, Hanks versus uh, uh, Horizon, thirty-seven to zero. Yeah, I thought it was a football score. <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to check if that was a typo, but apparently it is not. So, yeah, they just missed the extra point. <laughs> <laughs> Go for two. All right, so look, moving on to the four A boys, uh, Diamond Hill Jarvis uh, got past um, Stephenville two-one. Uh, Minerals uh, got past. Um, uh, Castleberry three to two. On the other side, uh, Palestine beat Community, and then uh, Salina on the boys' side got past Paris. So you know, for the top of the bracket here. Um, any thoughts on last week's games and and what the uh, regional finals look like? Did we lose? Uh, surprises that that mineral that mineral wells. Going through, like I said, no one really expected them. Like I said, they're not a, a known team as far as soccer, um, but it's gonna be a, like I said, they're gonna have a really good game with Dom, with Domingo Jarvis. But I think I think Domingo is probably gonna take that game and get it and represent Region One for for the four A boy. The other side, like I said, Palestine, they have the tradition. Uh, They've they've made they've won a state title, but they've also a couple couple state titles. I don't want to progress. So one from the valley, one from and then one from San Eli a few years ago. But I think between them and Salina, I think Palestine's going to win win the in the region too. So since it's uh, since we got the bracket figured out here, uh, <laughs> Diamond Hill Jarvis uh, versus Palestine. Who you who you picking to go through as the victory? That's do you, do you want to ask? I've seen the picture. Of the, 
Um, I know after seeing that picture of the dummy hill team, I was, <laughs> no disrespect on that. I think they may have the edge, but no, I think I think Palestine. I think Palestine. I think they're on a mission to. Uh, I think they're going to get to the final. So moving down to the bottom half here, you got Hargrave two one win over uh, Royal, which I think I think. Uh, on Monday, you predicted Royal was going to get by, and then Splendora beat Silly three to two. Uh, Hildago two uh, one over uh, Taylor, and then Bernie uh, got past uh, London two to one here. So, lots of close games on this side of the bracket here uh, between in Region three and four. Um, you know, we'll start with you, Nate. Uh, you know, since you're you're down in the Hildago area, thoughts on Hildago and Bernie? Yeah, um, you know, I think at this point, um, Hidalgo is kind of playing with house money. They got a pretty young team down there, uh, an experienced coaching staff, uh, and a, a storied program with the state championship. But uh, I think this might be where their road ends. I, I think that um, you know, Bernie, that's a that's a strong team and a strong program as well. And I think the 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 youth on on Hidalgo, you know, it just might be a tough time, um, and it's tough. I, I I did a story with their coach uh, Zeke Morales uh, about a week ago, and he said that their team uh, last season was so senior heavy, and then it got wiped out with COVID. So now they're playing with a a pretty young team, and um, I, I think uh, you know that just might catch up to them. I think they said one of their only seniors is their goalkeeper, but they got freshman a freshman captain and a freshman all over the place. So uh, I think it might be a, a tough a tough sledding there, but um, you know you never know. But that's just kind of the insight that I have that Hidalgo is a really young team this year, especially compared to last. Um, but you know they're a team that's always in this in this round as well. It's either Hidalgo or Progreso at this point. Um, sometimes they're even playing each other. But you know I think Hidalgo is a team that that came out of four of of the valley. But I think um, yeah I think their their road might end just with the youth on their team. Your thoughts, Coach? Yeah, I mean that sheds a little bit more light. But I think in terms of uh, didn't realize Hidalgo was that young. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I think, uh, I don't know. I just, you know, so much of it says in terms of culture for Hidalgo and, uh, and just again, pedigree, which is big that really, you know, that kind of pedigree, that culture, that expectation in terms of the standards and excellence and just coat, you know, what often gets overlooked is even when you have young teams, especially when you have coaches that have, that have been there for a while. You know, they're very, they're well experienced. They're not used to like, or they are used to, I should say, the pressure in this situation and they, they can handle it a little bit better. So um, I think that'll be interesting. I was trying to find actually, um, Nate, do you know, I was trying to look it up because I did see it. Uh, yeah, I think it was. So yes, cabinets. Is it? Is it in yeah, Corpus? I so. Yeah, I was I trying to find that. Yeah, that's a cabinet's feel, I think, Friday. It it is uh, yes uh, Friday seven p.m. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I um, think I think this game this game. I think Hidalgo has a chance. I think the big factor is Coach Morales because he's been there. He's been through. I think when you have a very experienced coach that's that's won it all, the kids feed off of that, and I think at this time of the stage of you know playoffs. They've got so much confidence, and you know you're you're no longer 
really freshman anymore. Now, now you're an experienced team because you've won some key games. Like I said, this is going to be a close game, but I, I think I think Idalo is going to pull off the upset. I think they're going to win by a goal, and they're going to get to the to the, and represent the the four boys. No, I'm glad. I'm glad uh, the the hope is shining through for this Pirates team because you know there's some big freshmen too. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. just like you know the itty bitty freshmen. I saw a kid out there that had to be you know six one, six two on defense, and uh, I mean to have a senior goalkeeper, to have a a, a coach that. Uh, has been there before, been to the state championship, and won a state championship. I think you're totally right. Um, there's a chance. Um, so, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. But um, yeah, uh, it's interesting to see um, Hidalgo here, not Progreso. Though it feels like those are kind of like brothers in arms, uh, uh, frenemies <laughs> until the end. Um, but yeah, Hidalgo has had an interesting road. I think what's also interesting um, down here in the valley in 4A, you start to see a lot of these idea schools. Um, these schools are now, um, you know, competing in 4A, getting to the playoffs. Um, it is an interesting district down here, um, the 4A districts, because you see like two or three or four idea schools now. Um, and those 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 teams aren't uh, slouches either. I, I actually had a chance to see Hidalgo play Idea Riverview. So I guess that was in the third round. And uh, that Riverview team actually took a lead before Hidalgo took over and, and started to uh, impose their will a bit. But that was still a close game. Um, so, I mean, yeah, coming out of the Valley, the soccer is really solid, I think. So, um, you know, we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, I, I do think just that youth might might uh, catch up because, you know, that's something that, you know, you get scored on early in a, in a game, uh, you know, maybe that uh, – that composure starts to crack, but uh, I wish the best for, for Zeke and his squad. But uh, it was just heartbreaking to hear how many kids that just didn't get to compete in the playoffs last year because of COVID and, and the season getting wiped out. It's just like, man, you can't can't catch a break uh, in a situation like that. But um, it'll be interesting to see these Pirates show up uh, in, in, in this round. Yeah, On the know, other it, side here, uh, Region uh, 3, Hargrave versus Splendora. Rafa, any, any thoughts on that one? Uh not too familiar with both teams, but I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with Splendora on that one. And I, I was gonna ask. Uh, I was gonna ask Nate about, you know, with those idea schools popping up down the valley. How, how's that? Ha- how's that has affected some of the other Brownsville schools like, like Porter, Pace, Hannah, and Rivera? As far as the talent, are they starting to take away a lot of that talent from those bigger schools that normally will make deep runs in the playoffs? Because I didn't see Rivera make the playoffs this year. Hannah kind of faltered in, like I said, in the, in the first, second round. Is that affecting them a lot? No, I think that's a really good question. I think that, um, yeah, it has to it has to affect them. I mean, you're, you're eating population. You're eating some athletes, especially with that knowledge that, you know, I could go play at this school and maybe I'll be a, a starter for four years rather than, you know, having to – tough it out at the five A's or the six A's here in, in the Valley. Um, it's interesting. I mean, these, these school, dis- this, this school district idea, it's been around for a good 10, 15 years, but recently they just started to explode. They're on almost every town. There's a school in Westlaco. There's like three or four in Edinburgh. And um, it's interesting. McAllen is the biggest city on this side of the Valley, but their school district actually has not as big of a population as like uh, or enrollment i should say as like edinburgh and i think it has been some of these magnet schools whether it's the idea schools or these like science academies um so i think it does really 
um, kind of muddle the athletic landscape because some of these bigger towns might not have a big school district and might not have a big high school. Um, and then Brownville, with the number of schools they have, it, it just starts to be tough because, you know, you got Porter, Rivetta, Lopez, uh, Veterans, and then Pace, and then now you got two idea schools in the mix. So I think it definitely does um, take away, but um, just with the coaching and the athletes down here, um, it's kind of hard to, to completely, you know, take away the shine from these Brownsville schools. But yeah, I think it does um, uh, cut into the pie just a bit. So Rafa, you've had a couple minutes to thank uh, Splendora or are you putting Hildago uh, another round further? Uh, I think it probably ends there. I think Splendora, I think Splendora pulls this one off. And then up top, um, Pal- like Palestine, I said, Palestine's on a mission. So I think Palestine will get through, and I think Palestine's going to win the state title. All right, so moving on to the 5A boys, and, and this is uh, going to be more at least starting out here. Uh, coaches, uh, uh, Will Willhouse here. So El Paso, uh, Del Valle uh, got passed in a pretty convincing 4-1 uh, win based on, on the chat. Uh, Cooleyville got by 3-1, and then on the other side, uh, Longview 3-2, and Frisco-Wakeland 2-0. So, Coach, uh, let's talk about uh, you know your El Paso team here. Yeah, this is uh, – oof. This so some kind of personal ties here. Obviously, Del Valle is from El Paso, and then Colleyville Heritage, uh, you know, Coach Cottle, Coach Lorenzo Cottle, uh, friend of mine. And uh, not surprised one bit that he has them here. Um, I know they've uh, they've surprised. Uh, the big one was them uh, defeating uh, Wichita Falls. So that got that got a lot of people's attention. Um, so Del Valle, obviously, you know, not surprised that they've that they've gotten here. Maybe a little. I think some people by surprise at how handedly they uh, they took care of business in that regional semifinal. But I think. Uh, as much as it pains me, I think this is I think this is where it might end for El Paso del Valle, and uh, I can see Colleyville Heritage going uh, advancing into the next uh, next round into the semis, and then you know these are just a pair. That other matchup on the other side of the bracket there, Longview and, and Wakeland, Frisco Wakeland, that's going that's going to be a dynamite matchup. That's a uh, definitely a regional final slash state semifinal matchup right there. Your thoughts on that, uh, Nate? Do you have any thoughts on either the top of the bracket here at all, or? Well, I, what I what I can say um, is I've seen Frisco Wakeland play soccer at the state tournament a few years back, and that is a solid team. I think that's a team that uh, knocked out Valley View a few years ago, and it was just like a a, a machine of just like. Um, I don't know, consistency on the field and everyone was in the right place at the right time. So that's the team that um, I'm looking out for, like on the other side, kind of uh, eyeing them as the team that I have familiarity with. But, um, you know, also Longview, um, you know, that's a big school. That's uh, some some athletic prowess there, too. So uh, that, that that side of the bracket looks really fun. Um, but uh, no, no predictions out of me, but I think it's definitely something to keep your eye on. Your thoughts, Rafa? Well, going to the West, to the region one, um, I know Coach Cottle because I, I, I play, we played against him when he was at Permian, so uh, we have a win against him. So if he's watching, hopefully he remembers me when we played when Del Rio played them. Um, I think I think that game might be a little bit closer. I think, like I said, Colleyville did knock off Wichita Falls. <laughs> that was the the favorite to win state for five A. Um, 
mean, I'll, I'll think, but the one thing is the key is that I think Del Valle's coach has, like I said, a lot. He's he's been there. He's got a lot of experience. He's got the state titles. That's something that Colville doesn't have, and you know that that sometimes does give you an edge going into, uh, you know, your tactical yeah. play, your game planning. It's I'm gonna still give the edge to Colville, but I wouldn't be surprised if Del Valley knocks them, mm-hmm. Del Valle knocks them off yeah. in an upset under a very close game. The yeah. other side, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Coach, the other side being played at. Sorry, Rafa. Coach, where is huh? that game being played at? Uh, uh, this one's being played in uh, Friendship. Midland, I think. Friendship. Friendship is where it's. Or no, sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, East Lake, Sorry. Midland. Yeah, I'm thinking of East Lake. Yeah. Yeah, that one's gonna play at uh, Grande Communication Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, Rafa's absolutely right, though. This is you want to talk about. Uh, make no mistake about it. The, the you know the the twelfth man on the field for both of these teams are going to be the coaches. You know, these are going to be two. These are two very well coached programs. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I could see it going. It, I could see it going the other way as well. Rafa, your pick between Frisco, Wakeland, and Longview. <clears throat> yeah, like when Nate said, I mean, Frisco's just like the. I mean, they're the top program for the for five for da- for the Dallas area, but don't count out Longview. I think they've won some key games, but I think Wakeland's going to pull this one off and, and get into the state semifinals. And then who do you got winning between uh, Colleyville and Frisco Wakeland? That's going to be another good game, but I'm going to get, I'm going to go give the edge to Wakeland. And then moving down to the bottom half of the bracket here, we'll start with you, Nate, because it's uh, two teams in your area. Uh, Valley View got past uh, uh, Southwest five to two, and I believe uh, this gentleman here, Pablo Pablo Torre. Uh, had a heck of a game from my understanding. And then uh, Porter got by uh, Dripping Springs, and I think what everybody would say would be an upset because uh, I think most everybody had Dripping Springs uh, uh, advancing through 1-0. So thoughts on the Valley Final here? Yeah, I know someone's in the chat talking about Pablo Torre also, and, and man, that, that kid is something else. He scored five goals in a 5-2 win, so uh, that kind of tells you – how much offense he can provide for their team and and maybe how much offense the team relies on him for. Uh, because I saw them play in the in the uh, regional quarters against Brownsville uh, veterans. Mm-hmm. And um, they tried to feed Torrey the ball as much as they could. And, and when he wasn't scoring, it kind of felt like, oh, no, like, you know, our, our go-to scorer isn't scoring. I mean, he had his chances. He had his posts. He had his close shots and eventually Valley View was able to to really squeak out a win but I guess when he's on uh, that team is just unstoppable he had 37 goals in district uh, this is a junior with 37 goals in 14 district games so when he puts the the ball in the net he puts them in like in in, in bunches in multitudes um, and then on the flip side with Brownsville Porter um, they seem like they're such a, a strong defensive team so it's really going to be that high-powered offense versus uh, a really strong defense. And I think that'll be interesting to see. Um, Valley View of late, the last three, four years, has been like the cream of the crop when it comes to to uh, 5A. 
but uh, historically, Brownsville-Porter has two state championships. That's something that no one else in the Valley can say. You know, everyone in the Valley might have one, but but Porter having two, they wear two stars on their crest, and it just it has a little bit of an aura there. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if this game was maybe a little bit lower scoring than, than we're used to out of Valley View. I think Porter really wants to get them in a, in a defensive game. Um, but when I saw Porter in, in their third-round uh, match, um, they put seven on the board. So they have an ability to score as well. Um, I just don't see it being high scoring because as I think as the rounds go on, these teams, you know, kind of buckle down and, and uh, don't allow as many mistakes. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a real blast of, of a game. It's just like, these are two really strong teams um, coming together. You know, one team that's always wanted a state championship. Valley View doesn't have one yet. They've been to the state tournament. Uh, against a team that is kind of proving like, hey, we're, we're back. We're a team that has state titles under our belt and we want a couple more. So um, I wouldn't say it's all the way of a coin flip. <laughs> I, I think that that's it's such a cliche, but who, who knows who's going to win it? Um, I think that, that's why that, we got Rafa here. I know. Yeah. We'll, we'll let, we'll <laughs> well, let I should have, a, have an interesting question I'm going to ask in a bit right now. Well, let me um, get Coach's thoughts on it first here. Uh, any any thoughts yeah. on it, Coach? Uh, you know, um, you and Brownsville Porter. Yeah. Well, actually, I was going to throw it back to Nate and just kind of ask him. I know he alluded to it a little bit, but you know, Nate. So you talk. This kind of sounds like a little bit of the what is it? The uh, the uh, irresistible or unstoppable force versus the immovable object, right? So, so when you put them at their best, head to head. Um, what what do you think gives, or which which team do you think can impose their will more than the other uh, in terms of that attack oriented versus that really grinded out defensive oriented uh, team? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you know when when Valley View is on, they're just like one of the best teams in in the state, um, and I think Porter. Um, when I talk to their coach, they kind of come in as a as uh, they flew in under the radar. There's a lot of good teams in Brownsville, and, and you kind of never know which team is going to be the one that like stands out that specific year. Um, now that they're here, I think maybe we're starting to see that they are as well-rounded as they come. I think they might be a team that, um, that could shock Valley View. And um, I've seen Valley View play at the state level, and I've seen their seasons come to an end, which um, I think is, is valuable worth saying here. I've seen them have like a 31-0 season, and they get that one loss, and kind of the wheels fall off the bus, like the composure might go. Um, so I think that's something that you want to see. Like if Porter takes an early lead and Valley View has to like come from behind, I think that's really going to put Porter at the advantage. I think that Valley View needs to get that high-powered offense going like ASAP or else it might get a little dicey. Um, that's what I saw against Brownsville Veterans. So that was a scoreless game for, you know, 60 minutes. And Valley View really started to show some frustration. They score a goal. They allow a goal right after that, and then they score with like less than a minute in the game. So Valley View is, is actually lucky to be here. I think after that third round game, um, I, I think Porter might, might might shock the world here. I mean, I think Valley View is a team that's kind of cemented themselves on the upper valley, but um, I think that those Brownsville schools always could could trip up uh, trip up Valley View, and, and uh, we'll see. But I, I do like Porter um, uh, continuing that upset streak that they're on after Dripping Springs. Yeah, and what I kind of gauge is that this could easily be one of those where Porter, all Porter may really need is one one goal, right? Uh, it could be one of those, but then make no mistake about it. I mean, Porter Porter can put can score though, you know, as well. They they beat up on a, a pretty solid uh, Sherland program as well, putting up seven. So 
I think that might get lost with Porter as well. So yeah, I, I kind of want to just put that back, see, ga gauge your thoughts on that, ask a couple more questions, kind of like how Rafa had mentioned. So Rafa, uh, you have any questions? You got some more feedback? Or are you ready to make a, a selection here? Yeah, one question I want to ask is, I know Valavia had a coaching change mid, right before the or into the season. Would, you, would that come into play in this game? Because um, I know coach, I think it's Coach Espacio, the, I think the coach from Porter. He's, like I said, he's got the two state championships. How, how is this? You know, that coaching change that they did midway, how, how do you think that could come back and haunt Valley View in this game? Yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know. I think, um, like, I, I kind of took a step away from being able to cover soccer when all of this, like, Valley View coaching thing went down. And then I went to their game a few weeks back, and I didn't notice, like, too much of a change. I mean, I still saw Magayan, you know, the coach that I had worked with um, there. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see that being too much of a factor. Um, I, I've seen, you know, different assistants come in and out of this program. Um, uh, it's, it's just, they're, they're a well-oiled machine. I think that, you know, no matter who's there, um, they always have like that one outstanding player, uh, as a striker, they'll always have a defense that like, doesn't, um, you know, let themselves get penetrated that much. And when, when they do, you know, it, it, it's tough when Brown when when Valley View concedes, they, they they might lose, you know, some composure there. So I think it's really who can have the levelless heads. I, I do give the coaching edge to to Porter possibly just because of like the tradition there and uh, just like it's it's just such a strong program. So I mean, and they both are right. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. But I wouldn't say Valley View's coaching change is too much of a of an issue because he's everything seems like it's back to back to normal uh, with the Tigers. I guess the pick here. Um, I think I think I'm gonna go with Valley View. I think they'll pull it. It'll be a close game. Um, I think Torres might be peaking at the uh, Pablo Torres might be peaking at the right time, and I'm sure Porter's probably gonna do, try to double team him. But I think they pull, they'll pull off a close win. And the match yeah, there's, there's something to be said about when you have the hottest, maybe the hottest player in the tournament, right? So, no. uh, but. But in theory, you just put eleven. You know, just put eleven guys on on Torre, and you'll be okay, right? So, <laughs> is that like parking the bus? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. It's kind of like that formation I sent you guys that one day. The game plan formation. Uh, Rafa on the other side. Kingwood Park uh, got by four-one over uh, Foster and Hendrickson. Won a thriller five-four over Friendswood. So. Thoughts on Region Three, and uh, who do you see coming out from there? Well, I thought I thought Friendswood would win that game, but uh, there's your Cinderella team right there, Hendrickson. But I think I think Midnight's going to strike. Uh, Kingwood no, Park, no, no, Kingwood Park. <laughs> they, just, they have the. I mean, they're a so, probably one of the best programs in Houston, and I think I think it'll, I think like I said, it's going to be a good game. Teamwork Parks has the tradition, so I think they're going to advance and go on to the state. All right, well, we got to let Coach uh, give his uh, give his rebuttal here because uh, he didn't seem very happy with that pick. <laughs> I'm just letting you know based yeah. on his reaction. Yeah, no, Rafa is using that thing that we call logic. I'm kind of going with my heart on this one. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I want to see that, you know, that ride continue for Hendrickson. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with him. 
but I think I think the story, the great story here is is if uh, Flugerville Hendrickson can continue. So we'll see. We'll see. Then Kingwood Park versus Valley View in uh, the semis. So semis. I think it ends there for Valley View. I'm gonna put Kingwood Park. So then you would have a Kingwood Park versus Frisco Wakeland here. Uh, which Wow. Which uh, which program? Because yeah. it seems like both of these are programs based on what everybody's feedback is. Which program gets gets another star? Uh, I think I think Wakeland's going to add another star. I think I think they'll add another star. That would the, be uh, a redemption redemption of 2019, right? When they when they yeah. uh, lost lost the title and they were bit they were going for a three peat at the time. So yeah. All right, so the 5A ladies here, uh, top of the bracket, Amarillo, uh, 3-0 over Centennial. Grapevine, uh, 3-1 over uh, Wiley. Uh, Highland Park went to PKs. Uh, according to uh, Max Sports, it was just a win. They didn't give in the details. And then Wakeland won 6-0. So top of the bracket here. Uh, thoughts, Rafa? Did we lose you, Rafa? Hey, can you hear me? Uh, now we can hear yeah. you. Can you guys yeah, hear me? There he is. Yeah. yeah. I think it stops there, and great. I think Grapevine advances wins the region for Region One. Grapevine. Yeah. When you asked earlier, Harry, about kind of other kind of surprises, Cinderellas, I think I put I put it mildly on on the uh, Amarillo girls, just because I think anybody in the you know, West Texas, the Plains, everything that's, they just, they have solid programs out there in the Plains. And I think that often gets lost on people. But yeah, I, I, I think I would agree with, uh, with uh, Rafa on this one. And then on the other side, oh, uh, was that uh, Wakeland over Highland Park? This is, this is a class of the Titans right here for the Metroplex. You got two programs of one state. But Blue Highland Blitz, Park yeah. just Blue got Blitz. by the second of the two, so I'm, yeah. so I'm gonna go with Wakeland. I think Wakeland's gonna pull off, pull off the win. It'll be, it'll be a tough game, but they're gonna win this game. Is the reason why, and I know we've kind of talked about this with San Antonio and um, San Antonio and Austin, and and you know, I'd like to hear Nate's uh, feelings on this as well. But the club soccer scene you know, up in Austin compared to San Antonio, Rafa has mentioned that there's a huge gap this year between Austin, San Antonio, and even the Valley. Um, is Frisco kind of, or, or is, you know, the, the Metroplex area kind of even on a different level when it comes to, you know, the, the club teams along those lines there? Rafa? Uh, yeah. Um, when it comes to Dallas club soccer, I mean, you got some elite Programs. I mean, you got like Texas Solar. Now you got the FC Dallas Academy, uh, Sting. Um, like I said, usually when a lot of the Houston or San Antonio teams run into a Dallas team in, in the semifinals or final, it's, it's not a close game. So that's that's something that does need to be worked on here down here to kind of close the gap. Like we're here, we have that gap between you know Austin, the Austin girls soccer with the San Antonio and also with the Valley, hopefully that can you know find a way to kind of close that gap and then also then take the next step to compete against with the with the with the Dallas area. 
because you got, like I said, you got so much talent up there, especially with the, you know, I think they have quite a few Division One players on that team that are being recruited from Wakeland. So that that really makes a difference for you know advancing into the playoffs. I wanted to ask you: uh, is is Houston's club scene more similar to Dallas or more similar to Austin, San Antonio? Because I know Houston also produces think, some state champs, like at the at the six A level. I think I think it from my from my personal view, because being co- coaching. I think San Antonio, since we're actually the way they divide the, like we said, we have Stisa. Stisa's under under Houston's under Stisa, so a lot of these San Antonio teams, club teams, do play the Houston teams, and they're pretty much you know, you know they do match up. You know, we have a couple ones, the ones that do a little better than the others, but when it comes to Dallas, and I remember going up there for the showcase, you know, we saw some awesome teams there. At, at, I don't know, at the Puma showcase, and you know, we played a solar team that you know, we lost a close one with them, but they just had such a good pedigree. You know, their coach, tech, you know, great technical work and so forth. So, there, like I said, there is a gap between the, the North Texas soccer and the, and the South Texas soccer when it comes to club. Yeah, yeah, I think you're when you're talking about DFW, especially, especially on the girls' side for. For num- I don't know a number of reasons. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You're talking. You're really talking about. Um, I think we talked about in the previous show is you're talking about per- arguably the second be- second best hot, uh, hotbed of soccer talent in the country after uh, you know uh, SoCal Southern California. So you can definitely make that argument. It's just it's that just the numbers, the level, the culture, a lot of it is obviously just the the level of the clubs. It's it's built in there. So so yeah, it's uh it, it's a behemoth for sure. Yeah, and, and there definitely is a gap in, in the valley. I know some of the best uh girls soccer players they have to travel to San Antonio to get their like club soccer in. Like there might be some teams down here, but like the the cream of the crop, they'll be playing with I guess classic elites or maybe they'll be playing in, in Houston, but um, yeah, there, there is definitely a gap. And, and um, I was there a couple of years ago when, when Mack High cracked that state tournament and it was like, whoa, like what, what happened? And, and I think a lot of those Mack High girls were able to play like on those travel teams and, and whatnot. So um, like raw talent is, is here, but, but those clubs, they really like refine the talent. And in and, and, and Dallas area, yeah, it's no joke. I, I, I've definitely noticed that, that, that like huge leap up to the next levels. And coach, what about El Paso, West Texas? Uh, how I know we we kind of talked thirty five and, and over, you know, the Houston. But how do, how does El Paso, you know, the West Texas kind of fit into, you know, this uh, kind of triangleish of you know talking about girls soccer and even boys soccer in general? Just you know, uh, for that here. Yeah, El Paso is kind of a lot of like very similar to the the model of what you see in terms of style, flair. Uh, I guess conceptually a lot like the the valley, except picture it like four hours west of nowhere. <laughs> you know, it's very much isolated. Um, but in many ways, that can also you know that's the schools here, the coaches here, they've found a way to use that as their strength. And you know, in in my work as on the college recruiting front, you know, as a as a, a consultant and we're talking with college coaches, you know, you, you spend, you spend a lot of time kind of educating them on the culture here in this area, particularly in El Paso, 
And because they think, you know, te Texas, Texas is just that big. And I think that's what makes Texas unique and very special is how many, you know, f from the valley to the plains, from, you know, from, you know, Lubbock to North Texas to West Texas and Central Texas the pine woods how you can see so many different styles within one state um so yeah i think the other aspect of el paso is on the club side what they're kind what some clubs are starting to work on more is um they're trying to make the push i know there's one club in particular that's trying to make the push to get into ecnl um you know and and try to create a, a league or some sort of a, a bi-state league, if you will, with, you know, because you kind of have the, you do have a lot of talent in that triangle, that triangle region of El Paso, Albuquerque, and Tucson. There, mm -hmm. There's quite a bit, quite a bit of talent. Um, so I think it's just a matter of, on the club side, once things can get more organized there, more structure there, and more buy-in from the coaches across, across the region and the borderland here, I think it's going to further propel, you know, some of the success you've seen from El Paso programs uh, at the high school level. All right, Rafa. Frisco, Wakeland versus Grapevine. Uh, who are you rolling with? I'm going with Frisco. They're going to the final. All right. So moving down to the bottom side here. Uh, Magnolia, 4-0 over Foster and Friendswood, 2-0 uh, over A&M uh, Consolidated. And then in Region 4, Cedar Park uh, took out McAllen 4-0. Uh, and Dripping Springs got past Gregory uh, Portland 2-0 uh, for out here. So, uh, Nate, any thoughts on McAllen uh, going down to Cedar Park 4-0 and then Gregory Portland uh, uh, coming up short against Dripping Springs? And then we'll go to Rafa, you know, on the Austin perspective. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, Mack High is a team that – you know, shocked a lot of people a few years back. Uh, and I think now they kind of have to like re retool that program. A lot of those um, girls, young women uh, ended up at, at division one programs, which is a big win for, for the school. But then it's also a big loss for the school. Cause then you have to replace, uh, you know, some of those players. Um, so, I mean, they had a Weston Henderson and now they have a Mallory Henderson. I and mean, there's a lot of family ties there. There's a lot of uh, strong things, but uh, yeah, just a, a little too much, um, too much for Mackay. Um, uh, I was hoping to see him move on, but um, a little, a little expected when when you have uh, you know these young teams trying to retool, and I think that's kind of where Mackay is uh, in their program right now. Rafa, your thoughts on Cedar Park and Dripping, you know, Dripping Springs uh, advancing, and and uh, you know uh, what kind of matchup should we look at, uh, you know, for the two Austin area teams? Well, I, I thought really thought maybe Mac High would probably be in that game with Cedar Park. You know, they were kind of like a mirror, little little mirror edge, but I think what some of the comments were made that Cedar Park was just a little bit faster and more physical, and that's why I'm starting to see the gap. Is there there's a more physical play from from these Austin teams, and then I'm sure Dripping Springs or you know that two zero result versus Gregory Portland. I'm sure they were surprised how good Gregory Portland was, but Going into the final, like I said, this is a toss-up. Another one, you got two great teams, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Dripping Springs on this one. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think I think this is a match that's destined for penalties. <laughs> uh, Magnolia and Friendswood. I think uh, if memory serves me right, Friendswood has been kind of your favorite to come out of this uh, out of this side here. 
but Magnolia, you know, going through the brackets, been pretty convincing uh, so far. Yeah, but I think, like I said, Friendswood's been they've they got they've been to the state tournament quite a few times. They're the the, the story program there for the Houston area. Uh, this will be a close game. Like I said, this could go to overtime as well, but I'm gonna give Friendswood the edge on this game. So who do you got coming through, Friendswood or Dripping Springs? Uh, I'm gonna go with Friendswood on this one. I think I think the Houston area pulls this one off. And then uh, friends, does the Frisco Wakeland uh, sweep the boys and the girls uh, titles? That, that's a that's going to be a really good matchup there. Another kind of classic there, uh, Dallas Houston matchup, two story programs. But I'm gonna, I think I think uh, Wakeland's going to sweep, and they're going to take the, the girls' title as well. Your thoughts on that, Coach? No, I just I guess he went to. Coach Drafa went to the highest bidder. He's all in on Fris on Wakeland, I guess. So yeah, uh, no, I mean it, it's what they say. That's yeah, yeah. No, that's hard to argue. I mean, there you can definitely make that. You can see the rationale behind that. Um, I don't know. I just on the girls' side, this can work out a number of ways. But I really, I don't know. I, I personally, I personally see whoever come, whoever survives that. That Cedar Park uh, Dripping Springs matchup, I think, uh, I think makes it to the state title game, and could I could see them taking the, you know, uh, winning the state title. Um, but yeah, and, and the other thing to keep in mind is there will be, you know, there'll be a break, there'll be some recovery between that regional, that regional final, and that semifinal matchup, because that semifinal matchup I think would be slated for what next uh, Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. Well, that's just so, another factor there that friends with right. Dripping Springs game could be. I mean, that game could be in Corpus, or that could be maybe yeah. even in, um, you know, College Station. That's a possibility. You know, so tra travel could be the key. Like I think the Frisco, I think Frisco has a little advantage because that game is going to be in the Metroplex area, so there's not going to be too much of a travel for them, not until they get to the final game, which will be in right. Georgetown. Yeah. All right, so the 6A girls uh, for it here. Uh, Marcus won 3-0 over Keller. Uh, Flower Mound uh, uh, beat uh, VR Eaton 5-0. Uh, the Woodlands uh, won a thriller 2-2 and 7-6 in PKs over Mansfield. And Lake Ridge uh, won 4-2 over Tomball Memorial here. So um, I think going in when we did our predictions, uh, you know, if memory serves me right, the Woodlands is kind of a, the powerhouse, and, and it seems like they got they got a pretty good test, uh, you know, before hitting the uh, the the uh, the final the regional finals here. So, Rafa, thoughts? Um, that that Marcus Far. Well, that's a that's a rivalry game. They're they're, they're rival schools. They're they're in Flower Mound. Um, Watermont has an edge. Uh, they won the series. Actually, they won one and they tied another one. Um, so I'm I'm gonna give the edge to Flowermont. I think they pull off and knock off Marcus on, on this one. It's gonna be close. Like I said, this game could go to overtime. So, but I think Flowermont's gonna pull it off. The other side, I think Woolens got a wake up call. Not to take a take a Mansfield up <laughs> up for granted. Um, so I, I think they'll, they'll they'll pull a close one with Lake Ridge, so it'll be the Woodlands. And then who do you got advancing? Ooh, this 
This is a real. <laughs> this, this could be it. In, in a normal year, this could be a state title game right here. If there were if Region One was playing Region Four and Two, and this is this I will, is be. I will say this for Flower Mound is keep in mind that that's a Flower Mound. You know, you talk about quote unquote. I mean, it's a great program. You know, don't get me wrong. But you talk about house money. They're always they're already they're flying high. Still off from two was it two rounds earlier? That's a Flower Mound team that beat uh, probably the Prosper. Prosper the yeah the one that kind of everyone was expecting to be in the state title game. So that's that'll be. I, I still think that's a factor. Yeah, and then this game probably would be, I guess, because it will probably meet half. This could be a game in Waco. This could be a game in. Um, maybe somewhere halfway 45, um, maybe like in Palestine or somewhere, but I'm going to, I'm going to give the edge to Flower Mound. I think they'll knock off the Woodlands on this game. All right. So moving down to the bottom half of the bracket here where, uh, San Antonio fans are a little bit sad here because, uh, Brennan got took out by Vandergriff and Round Rock, uh, got past, uh, uh, Nate's uh, Los Fresnos uh, team four to one and four zero. On the other side, Houston Memorial uh, continued their good run three zero over Clear Creek, uh, which uh, I think you went Houston Memorial, but you said watch out for Clear Creek. And then Cy Fair got by uh, uh, Westbrook two zero uh, to set up a, a pretty good you know matchup on Region three, um, but Region four is all Austin, so. Um, Nate, any thoughts on uh, Las Fresnos and the in the Round Rock match uh, before we get to Rafa and the Brennan match? Yeah, um, I, I think that um, on the girls' side, Los Fresnos has been kind of the uh, maybe playing second fiddle to Mac High, but now they're in different classifications as Mac High went down from six A to five A. So you know, Los Fresnos is definitely a, another program that just has a lot of prestige, a lot of. Um, really talented players, but um, the, sometimes these Valley teams tend to hit a wall when you reach uh, out of the Valley, something that only Mackay was able to break through. Um, and Los Fresnos, maybe they're just a, a few years away from, from being able to do that. But um, yeah, no, it's an excellent program out there. Um, and, and yeah, 6A was actually uh, uh, quite a blow for the Valley. I mean, when, when Wattis Lincoln went down on the boys' side, it kind of, uh, you, could, you could tell maybe it'd be a little funky in, in 6A this year. Uh, especially with Mackay going down to 5A. So now one of the best girls teams, you're, you're looking at the 5A bracket instead of the 6A bracket. But um, yeah, no, Los Fresnos, um, you know, it, it, it had to happen at one point and uh, it was a tough way to go, but a really strong program there. I've had some some good good chats with that coach over there. Rafa, your thoughts on uh, Brennan, and, uh, Brennan and Vandergriff? Well, Going back to that Los Fresnos game with Romnick, I did get to see some clips on that from the from the live stream. Um, you can you can tell there's a big the the, the gap. Uh, one of the things that was said was just the speed, but also the physicality. There were like I said, Los Fresnos was getting pushed around, and and that's something that you know some of these like the San Antonio even the Valentines have to find a way to close that. Um, same thing happened to Brennan. Like I said. They got pushed around. I know the wind was a factor. I had some updates from one of the parents there. Uh, they actually hit the post twice, and that that could have changed, you know, the momentum of the game. But once they once uh, Vandergriff got that third goal, it, it, it was pretty much over. They couldn't overcome it. 
Uh, these are district rivals. This two, Vandergriff and Ronrock. Ronrock actually won the this the season series. Uh, they won one. They tied one. So this is going to be a very physical game. It's going to be a, a it's a great matchup. But I'm going to go with Ronrock. I think Ronrock. I think the ends ends uh, Vandergriff's run here for them wins the, the Region 4 title for the girls. On the other side, uh, Heaps of Memorial still continuing the run, or Cy Fair is going to knock them out? I, I think Houston Memorial, I think they're going to pull this one off. I, th I think, you know, they proved it in the last game. I, th I think they pull it off from this one. Then do we still see the gap between Houston Memorial and Round Rock? Or does, uh, I, I'm going to favor Round Rock. I think Round Rock, you know, I think I think they, the pedigree is a little bit better. So I think they'll, they'll go to events in the final. So then you got Round Rock uh, in Georgetown going against Flower Mound. So obviously not much travel for Round Rock here. Uh, who are you favoring in the final? That, that's a good matchup. I wonder if the travel may affect Flower Mound a little bit, you know, going down to Georgetown, you know. Uh, but I think in the end, I think Flower Mound is going to take the title. It will be a close game. But I think Farmer's going to take the championship. Yeah, it's a good point. You'll have Round Rock will be in their backyard there too. Your thoughts on Flower Mound and Round Rock, their coach, or pretty much agree with kind of Rafa with the uh, Flower yeah. Mound and the advantage? Yeah, I like, I like, uh, I like that Round. <clears throat> excuse me, I like that Round Rock squad quite a bit, and I could, you know, it's that rubber match between them and Vandegrift. So, I mean, you could just as easily flip them. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, what Vandegrift really has also very, not afraid to be physical. And also they have size. They're big, uh, round rock, pretty, pretty good size as well. Vandegrift, I think slightly bigger, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's another one of those where could it possibly be destined for penalties, you know? Uh, so, and, and you know how that goes once they, once they enter <laughs> penalties, all bets are off. Um, but yeah. Uh, if those two are the end that end up, I I just see I just see Flower Mound right now, like they're they're peaking, they're believing. I just see them at a different level right now. Six A boys, uh, Allen uh, got the win over uh, Keller two one. Uh, El Paso East Lake uh, I think got the surprise at least uh, you know uh, following here with the four one win over uh, was it Dallas Jesuit. Uh, Rockwell Heath uh, won three zero. Um, over uh, Klein uh, Forest, and then um, Bridgeland uh, won 6-5, or 3-3, and won MPK 6-5 here. So the uh, top of the bracket here, Coach, we'll start with you since there is an El Paso team uh, listed here. Thoughts on Region 1? Yeah, so this is a very interesting matchup. You have you have the, <laughs> the biggest 6A school in the state versus the one of the newest 6A schools in the state. And, uh, yeah, I think this is kind of very similar. I think the feeling I get, this is very similar to that, uh, that all Valley, uh, boys matchup we were talking about earlier in terms of, uh, a kind of a defensive oriented team that can still score obviously versus a lights out attack attacking team in Eastlake. Um, you know, for Eastlake, you talk about that recent run, that's uh, 14 goals that they've put up against South Lake Carroll, Byron Nelson, uh, Byron Nelson, and Dallas Jesuit. Uh, so that's you know that's a serious haul. 
against those teams. So I have uh, I see East Lake advancing in this one. Your thoughts, Rafa? Uh, uh, this uh, watching the game versus Jesuit, I was very impressed. Uh, they remind me of a team down here, offensive wise. They just flat out know how to touch the ball. Uh, they put the ball in the space in the right spaces to score goals. I mean, they they were flexing their muscle. You know, Eastlake was flexing their muscle on on Jesuit. Jesuit just couldn't really answer. I know they got they got one in, but it really didn't really make a, a matter because they you know Eastlake went back and scored. So I'm gonna go with Eastlake. I think they'll be the like I said. They're going to represent Region 1, for, you know, for the state semifinal. <clears throat> we got over in Region 2. It's going to be another tough game, but I think Bridgeland knocking off Sasky. I'm going to go with Bridgeland. And then you got uh, El Paso East Lake uh, going to the title game. Well, this is going to be interesting. Here's a scenario here. We got a Houston area team versus an El Paso area team. <laughs> the travel is going to be a big difference here. Where is this game game going to play, be played at? I know I was, we were talking, or I don't mean Harry, we were talking earlier. I think the halfway point for both teams was San Angelo. It was 300 miles from each team. This is probably going to be the, the, the most farthest away teams to play a state semifinal game. Then I think that any of the, the teams that we've covered, but I think in the end, East Lake's going to pull off and they're going to go to the final. Your thoughts, Coach? Uh, you know, if it's a El, uh, El Paso, East Lake, and a Bridgeland. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They play that in the. Uh, they play that in like the cornfields somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a serious <laughs> haul. Yeah, San Angelo probably makes sense. Um, but yeah, that's a that's one of those great. Um, one of those great scenarios that normally we wouldn't see in a state semifinal. And um, that, you know, Rafa has been talking about it for several weeks now, but I think that also the impact of this, it can't go, it can't go without saying is what will the impact of this be the winner of this match in the final, right? What, you know, does it, maybe it's not a factor, maybe it isn't. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 Do you think that the winner goes from here to just to Georgetown, or would you see them going back home? Because well, they have to go back home. Yeah. Oh, they have to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's well, and that's the other part too. Is the the added layer in all of this aside from COVID in itself is, you know, you have star testing as well. You know, so uh, and star testing is now this year going to be sprinkled out over the course of all of April and the majority of May. So it's and start testing was fun this week. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and if Bridgeland well. advances, isn't it going to be too far a drive for them to go to Georgetown? I think the one that's going to probably maybe suffer the most would be Eastlake because now you're doing, I mean, you're doing a 600 mile round trip for a state semifinal and then a thousand mile, a 500 mile trip to, to Georgetown. That can take a big toll on you, you know. In the even though you have some days in between, you know, being on the bus. I mean, being on a bus for all those times could catch up to you, especially in, in the final. Yeah, the logistics of what that winner ends up doing will be interesting. They'll have some decisions to make for sure. 
Down on the bottom half, uh, Tompkins got a 3-1 win over Humble. Uh, my wife's alma mater, Jersey Village, uh, came back against uh, Alif uh, Elsick two to one because uh, Alif had scored earlier, and I know uh, Rafa uh, kind of picked Alif to win, but so they came back. So Jersey Village seems seems to be, you know, and I know we don't follow that much of the Houston schools, but uh, to me they're the team that nobody seems to be talking about, uh, but you know keeps on uh, trucking, and then in Region Four, Lee. Uh, got past Laredo Alexander, and Lake Travis uh, got by uh, Harlan two to one uh, for that here. But uh, we'll start with you, Nate, uh, with uh, Laredo Alexander Lee. Uh, your thoughts on the four one win by Lee? Yeah, I think um, this year at least Valley schools have really been running into a wall. Actually, it's it's hard to call Laredo the Valley. There's kind of a riff there, but you know, um, uh, <laughs> you know, border border teams, I guess you would say, but. Um, yeah, no, they just ran into some some really tough competition from outside of the valley. Um, it feels like every couple of years there's a, a team that just like stands out, like when Wattis Lincoln was in the final against Reagan a few years ago. Um, but this year there just wasn't um, as much firepower. And and just in the teams I've been talking to, there's been situations of kids who don't don't play this year because you know the COVID thing. Like they're just like their parents won't let them. So it's been a little bit of a messy, weird year. But yeah, no yeah. valley teams just weren't weren't up for the task in 6A this year and, and hopefully they get back because it's always fun to see them at at all levels from 4A, 5A and 6A but um yeah no that's that's my contribution uh, I'm, I'm really glad you guys had me uh, on today it's been it's been a blast to be able to shed some light on these valley schools um you know I went to school down here uh and then I, I started covering sports and once I started covering soccer it's like damn these kids are so good there needs to be some more light shined on them so I'm glad I get to do it um, now and uh, I'm crossing my fingers I can get up to, to Georgetown to the, to the state championship uh, again just to even just take in the games if I'm not covering I'm not sure if the strikers gonna have me out there I know they have quite a few um, Austin area writers so it might be one of them but uh, if you do want more information on the Valley Kings moving forward um, myself um, there's a couple of other writers Ivan Palacios has been uh, covering down here as well as um, Claire Cruz so um, you know thank you guys so much for having me and, and letting me kind of give the insight that I have it's been a blast yeah no worries like I said hopefully next year uh, when high school season returns here we'll, we'll be able to have discussions with you and um, we need to find somebody for North Texas and in, in, in the Houston area um, and I guess West Texas as well, because uh, Coach uh, is going to be moving back to San Antonio. But oh, anyway, thank you for taking the time. I know it was kind of last minute, and uh, really yeah. appreciate the, you know, the the time that you gave here. Uh, Rafa, any, anything you want to say to Nate before uh, he uh, drops off? Uh, just like you mentioned, like I know this was a down year for the Valley teams. Um, you know, usually I, I for six A especially, um, I see like uh, browser state championship I'm, I'm the year they won state that was probably the one of the best teams i've seen and you know win the state championship you know when they went that 35 and 0 um hannah's got a great program that's my dad's alma mater um you know they've done some great things there uh it was just a little, just a little disappointing that they were down this year but i'm sure they're gonna bounce back this coming this, this next year uh i was disappointed la jolla what is losing to my alma mater uh-huh. I didn't think that was gonna happen. No, um, not at all. So, um, but like I said, a lot of those teams will bounce back. I think they'll be a lot stronger, more competitive. I think once COVID's kind of dwindles down, you'll see some of that talent <laughs> do come back, and I think the Valley will regroup and 
you know, we may see some diff uh, different representative for 6A come out, you know, next year. Maybe maybe one from the Valley. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure, um, Rafa, I think we shared a press box a couple of years ago at, at Blossom. So uh, hopefully I, we cross paths again. Um, it's been it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Nate. See ya. Thanks so much, Nate. Appreciate your time. All right here. So, uh, all right. So, Rafa, I know you watched the uh, Lee game here. So, your thoughts on uh, on the Lee and Laredo Alexander uh, match? Uh, Alexander just didn't have a chance in this game. Um, I know. I know when I did watch the live the, the live stream. When was a big factor? It was causing you know a little problems, but I think Lee kind of you know fixed that, and they got and once they got that first goal. Everything kind of tumbled down, and I think I said Alexander didn't score till I think like 20 seconds left when they had. I think Lee already put all their their younger players in to get some little some experience. The the other game, the Lake Travis game, I, I had a buddy of mine watch that game. Harlan had the lead; uh, they were back with the win, and then uh, Lake Travis equalized. And there was some controversy on this game. Um, there was an obvious uh, offsides for that second goal that Travis scored. It was like four or five yards away, and the assistant referee didn't bother to raise his flag, and and that pretty much killed uh, Harlan's effort. And when, I think had that game gone to overtime, I think Harlan would, uh, from according to my friend, he said Harlan would have won that game. And then he's he's kind of he's seen both teams, and I'm I see Lee uh, advancing. They'll take care of Lake Travis there in Griffin uh, Springs, and they're gonna represent Region Four for Six A. What about on the uh, Region 3 side, the Houston side? Um, Hopkins is, like I said, I had a, my my, former, uh, my buddy, Art, Coach, uh, Coach Trevino, he used to coach at the KD District. He told me a lot of things about Tompkins. And that program's they're like the cardiac kids coming back and all that highlight. Wow, what a, what a goal. Maybe that'll come out on ESPN. Um, Jersey Village, like I mentioned, they're flying under the radar, but I think in the end, I think Tompkins is going to advance and get to the to the seat. Now, do you got Lee getting past Tompkins? <laughs> yeah, I, I think Lee Lee's, Lee's on a mission. Something they didn't get to complete last year for redemption, so they're, they'll get to the final. And this is the final that I want because Oof, I think these would be. Yeah. Lee and Lee versus uh, uh, East Lake. These are two teams that are mirror image of each other. I mean, they play very similar styles. Kind of, uh, kind of comparing both as far as offensively, they do a lot of the things similar as far as uh, those quick touches in the box and getting those shots off. This is probably going to be one of the best matchups for a state championship for six A boys. Um, as far as who wins. <laughs> this is gonna be a tough one. I know East Lake. I know East Lake is is the number one team, but I think I think Lee finishes the job. The one thing is, I think they have the better goalkeeper. You know, watching goalkeeping, being a goalkeeping coach, I, th I think Lee has the better keeper. And if it goes to penalty kicks, I think Lee Lee's, Lee can will get the redemption that they lost in the last final. They were from penalty kicks. I think they'll, they'll get this one because they have the goalkeeper to 
to get through. So I think Lee's going to win the state championship. You've mentioned coaches, uh, so we'll, we'll ask this to you, uh, uh, Coach Ocano. Any advantages in the coaches between Lee and, and El Paso Eastlake? I know they both got great coaches, you know, you know, because they're both storied programs. But is there, you know, any favorite, or is that kind of a draw as well? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> once you're in a state title game, it's like everything. Obviously, everything is just magnified, right? And uh, you know, Coach Gibby over at Eastlake, he just uh, can't remember if it was the South Lake South Lake game. Um, or if it was the Jesuit game, but he just, uh, or no, I think it was the Byron Nelson game. Sorry. He uh, just, you know, just got his five, his 500th win, uh, career win. And he had Eastlake when they were a five, a, he had them in the, in this area, this territory. I want to say 2016, 2017, I think mm -hmm. when they were a five, a. So, and then of course, coach Rogers, you know, has, what does he have? Two, I think two state titles two, under his belt. Champion you know. and Bernie. I. Yeah. So, um, so I think with him, I, I guess if you want to say slight edge in terms of pedigree, you can't ignore the state titles, obviously. Um, and he's what is Coach Rogers also sitting at? What I think 400, 500 wins, career wins as well. Um, so I guess slight edge there in terms of is Lee. But yeah, I think Rafa Rafa hit the nail on the head. These are two teams, two splitting mirror images of each other, um, and I think. They do appear to be, you know, they appear to be on this collision course. Uh, but I think the slight, you got to give the edge in terms of having just been there, that bad taste in their mouth, redemption. It all kind of lines up for me. And uh, the difference, I think, from when I saw, because, you know, when back in 2019, when I saw Lee play then, I was still in San Antonio. And the difference that I see in, um, in that team versus this team is they just – when things don't go quite their way, like you talk about recently that the start of the Clemens game, right? They, they can make the adjustments and they're patient. They're very, they're patient. They let the game come to them and then they, and then they execute, they finish and they just don't stop coming. It's kind of, Eastlake, very similar. Uh, and Eastlake's already proven that they can put up, they can put up goals quickly, right? In bunches. So I think that, you know, very, very even, but I think it's, this game will be magnified. So possession, possession is going to be an issue, right? Is who can impose their will a little bit more. And I think in the end, this game may come down to who, you know, who can, who can be more opportunistic and make the other team pay for any possible mistakes. Cause these are two very opportunistic teams. So who, who can capitalize on that? So very, very, very polished teams. And we touched on this earlier, but Lee, if you look at their travel, hasn't been bad at all um, for that here. And, and you know, I'm not sure where Lee and, and Lake Travis is playing. I think that's Dripping Springs, if if memory serves yeah. me, right on there. Um, and then going up to Georgetown, which you know, depending on traffic, it's a couple hour couple hour drive compared to the what nine hour bus ride uh, after you know possibly the uh, logistics of of the uh, semis earlier. So if it, so if it is a tight game, and, and I know we're talking, you know, high school kids, so energy is probably not that big of a deal, but, you know, tired legs after so many games back to back to back, and then the bus rides here, I wonder if that gives a slight advantage, especially if it's a tight game late to Lee. Yeah, it's it, it it can't be ignored. You know, maybe are we making a bigger deal out of it? Maybe you're right, but I don't that's think our job. 
<laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think it can be ignored either. And, but, you know, there is something to be said that that drive for Lee up to, you know, they're playing in the state title game up to Georgetown with that Austin traffic, that also could be a nine hour drive. So I'm just saying, you know, that, so, <laughs> not if they take uh, uh, what one thirty going around. <laughs> they, yeah. yeah. School bus, what, I think it's what uh, 80, I think is the speed limit right. on there. Get the, get the yeah, school right. bus. Uh, yeah. yeah let's just hope they don't go through Austin. <laughs> if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. But, so uh, yeah. but at least probably going to have to travel that, you know, that, that semifinal game probably maybe either with Topkins or with, 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 um, Oh, that's right. Jersey Village. So, you know, they're going to have to go to some kind of distance, whether it be, I think the closest place to play here for Lee and one of those Houston area teams uh, would be maybe, you know, playing in Victoria or in Corpus or playing up in like in College Station or maybe even like in the I 10. You know, I know there's. Yeah, I, think there's... The close, I think the closest one that has a soccer team is probably. And maybe Sealy, but I don't think Lee would that's want too to far, be there. Too far on the other side. Gittings, so yeah, Giddings Gittings would probably be too far, too. Yeah, if they're going to play, I can see them playing probably like an AM Consolidated or College Station or here on the coast here somewhere in Victoria. Like a, I think Victoria would be, another, would be another option as well. Yeah, and what I will say, too, is if there's any – if there's any region that I would say is don't um, that is really truly established and used to the travel, it's the El Paso schools. Right. Because you know, uh, there's nobody second, <laughs> second to none. Second, yeah. Only the only ones that could maybe possibly compare are the the plain schools. You know, you're talking up in Amarillo, maybe. That's probably maybe the only other ones that could compare. So one question here, Lubbock. Uh, you don't. I don't see a lot of Lubbock schools that that come through here. Is you know, and to me, Lubbock with Texas Tech and, and stuff like that here is, is you know, with the plain schools, is it just, is it just the lack of, you know, the top tier academies in the area or, you know, just a down year, you know, because we talk about the Valley, but, you know, for, you know, for Lubbock and, and you know, that's a fairly large uh, community here in, 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 in the state of Texas. I think FC Dallas is in, is in Lubbock. Well, yeah, they, they are in Lubbock because I remember playing them on a showcase here in San Antonio, and, they, and those kids were pretty good. One of the teams that has been kind of sounding themselves, for, I know for 6A, was, was Friendship. Friendship's kind of like popped out an old 6A soccer. I know they had a little disappointing, you know, running the, you know, in the playoffs, but I think they've been the program. But then you saw Lubbock Monterey make a run, Lubbock Coronado make a run. I think those three teams are doing, you know, are, are we're coming out of the powerhouses there. And then you have the Amarillo, the two Amarillo, uh, Amarillo High. Well, Palo Duro was, Palo Duro was a surprise there. They knock off a couple yeah. teams yeah. that we thought were going to probably advance. I think where they knocked off Bel, Bel Air, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. So. Yeah, they changed the uh, they, they changed the landscape of that five A bracket for sure. Well, appreciate it, guys. Uh, any final thoughts that uh, you have here, Coach? And then we'll go final thoughts to uh, Rafa. No, uh, thank you again. Appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Uh, collaboration and this uh, partnership has been awesome. It's been great. Uh, it's been honestly, it's glad again. I stress it every time. 
really glad that we've made it to the state playoffs that we're even playing and that we're here. We're kind of, we're knocking on the door of the, you know, the state tournaments, if you will, even though it'll be in a non-traditional setting this year. And, uh, you know, um, just a quick, quick plug. We, you know, Rafa, Coach Rafa will be on with me for the 50-50 podcast this weekend where we'll we'll dive into more of, obviously, not just uh, Tuesday's results, uh, this past Tuesday's results in the in the uh, uh, the regional uh, semifinal, but then we'll also review the re- the recent results of the regional finals, and then we'll we'll look ahead to you know to next week once we know we have our our state semifinals locked in as well. So if you can, please, this will it'll most likely be I think Saturday evening, uh, but be on the lookout for that as we'll be sending out uh, sending out information for uh, for that live broadcast as well. So thank you guys. I'll I appreciate be tuning it. in for that here, Rafa. Your final thoughts. I'm just looking for some good games this weekend. And like I said, if you have a chance, go support, you know, uh, the couple uh, San Antonio area teams we have left, uh, Bernie, the Bernie boys and the San Antonio Lee boys as well. So go cheer them up. Hopefully we can get two San Antonio teams into the state, you know, into the state tournament, you know, semifinals, and hopefully we'll have two of them get into the, get into the finals. Uh, and then, um, like I said, looking forward for, the, I guess also for the podcast this weekend and, just a little shout out to my aunt Ilda in California and Melissa, California. Happy birthday! Hope you're having a wonderful birthday. Happy birthday! And awesome. Is she a follower or is she a listener? <laughs> I hope she is. She's watching there on Facebook. <laughs> uh, but no, it was a pleasure. Uh, Want to thank Nate for coming on from the, you know from the Striker Texas and please support uh, the Striker Texas. Um, you know, they do a lot with MLS. They're going to be doing a lot with, uh, with USL championship. I, I know Jonathan check, uh, you know, puts out quite a few stories from them. And, and what I've noticed is that it seems like he gets a little bit more, uh, inside now with, with the striker, Texas, uh, going through there. Um, and you know, the, the bold has coverage El Paso, the, the locomotive and, and down in the RGV, uh, you know, we'll, we'll also have that, you know, uh, well, not down on the RGV podcast, but, you know, uh, RGFC also has one uh, down there, uh, down there covering for them as well. So with the season starting to kick off uh, less than a month now, uh, you know, for that here, which is, which is exciting. Um, I know UWS released uh, their schedule, um, yeah. you know, for the ladies uh, today uh, for that here. So the Athenian schedule is out, two friendlies. Uh, I know my good friends uh, up in, in, in Dallas and, and Buda with, uh, you know, the Central Texas Hornets uh, and uh, then, you know, a couple of teams up in the Dallas area and one in uh, Tulsa. So that looks to be pretty good. Still waiting to get the, the uh, stuff from the WPSL to see, you know, I know Surf is in WPSL. Uh, Blossoms, I believe, is still in WPSL with Classic Elite. Um, but, you know, they, they typically put information out a little bit later, a little bit closer to the season. Uh, for that here. So uh, after a year of not having really any soccer uh, in town, um, next month uh, it's going to kick off with the bang. Um, you know, so, but please, uh, as Rafa says, you know, support the, support the kids, uh, encourage them, you know, like I said here, if you can follow the social medias, you know, you know, for that here, whether it's, the, you know, the 50, 50 podcasts, ours, um, I know Lee's, uh, you know, boys team's pretty, you know, pretty uh, vocal on getting information out as well. So, Uh, Please support. And then, of course, uh, what's life without goals? We out of here.